It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here, along with our MLB.com Yankees reporter, Brian Hoke. And, Brian, it's draft week in Major League Baseball, so a little bit later in the podcast we'll check in on that and and kind of the Yankees' philosophy and that sort of thing as they head into yet another Major League Baseball draft. But let's start with the team currently on the field, uh, injuries and all, but a team that's uh, off to a good start in their series, um, obviously winning two games Monday, Tuesday, um, and getting a nice start from Michael Pineda on Tuesday night. And that's something this team desperately needed. Seven innings, three earned runs. Really, he had one bad inning where he gave up the three runs. Other than that, it's solid all around. It's a quality start. Um, and it seems like a, a mechanical change has really made a difference, right, for that slider? Absolutely, and and that could be really big for the Yankees if Michael Pineda has really figured out what was wrong early in the season. And uh, this is now two back-to-back good starts, and he was saying that he and pitching coach Larry Rothschild have kind of made a tweak with the arm angle, and that's giving him more action on the slider, more action on his fastball, and uh, the Yankees need it. Um, you know, the, Pineda was very much on the verge of being demoted to the minors. A lot of people were talking about that he might be better served to go down to AAA and try and figure it out there. Uh, it's obviously hard to make those kind of adjustments at the big league level, but the last two starts are evidence that he may be turning it around, and if so, that, that's huge for the Yankees because they really do need him to be what they thought he was going to be. Would he have not survived to this point if the Yankees had a better option down in AAA to be able to call up? Yeah, you wonder about that. You wonder if Luis Severino had been what they thought he was going to be. Uh, if he had not gotten hurt, if they had somebody ready to come up, I think they probably would have made that move. But you saw the Yankees experiment a little bit. You saw guys like Luis Sessa and Chad Green come up. Uh, I think given the options that they had, they figured it was better to stick with Michael Pineda and see if he could figure it out. Uh, the upside is clearly much more. And uh, look, uh, that was pretty impressive what he did against the Angels. Yeah, there was the one pitch to Cole Calhoun that he left up, and he was upset about that. But other than that, uh, you look at his outing, and particularly the first inning is one, two, three, including a strikeout of Mike Trout. You're going to take that all day for Michael Pineda, and obviously the first inning has been a big problem for him. He's figuring everything out. Um, clearly, the Yankees are encouraged, and uh, that would be big for them. Survives to fight another day. Obviously, one start, or maybe you could say two. Uh, decent starts in a row does not make a complete return to what he was. So um, I guess questions are still there. Uh, what does he say about building off this into the next go-around? No, I mean, he's got to keep it rolling. Uh, I, I think that you keep looking back to that Mother's Day start last year where he struck out 16, and, and you're thinking, well, that that is the absolute what Michael Pineda can be. And uh, that hasn't exactly been the norm. Uh, the norm has been more kind of up and down, um, intermittent flashes of brilliance, uh, followed by some inconsistency. And uh, a lot of what we saw earlier in the year, honestly, has been 
most of what Michael Pineda has been as a Yankee. Uh, he tantalizes you with that talent, and, and when he's on, he is awesome. Um, they need to consider that, and they need to, to get that to be more consistent. So he's back-to-back good ones, and if he can make it three in a row, then uh, all the better for the Yankees. Carlos Beltran reached another milestone on Tuesday night, his 1,000th career extra base hit, and he's the seventh player uh, in Major League Baseball history to have 1,000 extra base hits, 1,000 walks, and 300 stolen bases, which is, to a degree, a random collection of numbers. But still, if you're the seventh player ever to do anything, it's impressive. And it's one more, I guess, notch, Brian, in in the argument that Carlos Beltran is going to be a Hall of Famer when it's all said and done. Yeah, absolutely. And Beltran was saying he thinks the triples in his career, early in his career in Kansas City at that time, uh, probably helped him get there. And he's probably right. But this is a guy who's hit for power. You're right. He's stolen bases. He's pretty much done it all. He was an upper echelon center fielder. I I think that you look at the era in which he played and who was better than him in center field. Maybe Ken Griffey Jr. All right, fine. You want to go there? Who was better? So Beltran, I'm, I'm fine with putting him too right in that generation. He's, he's one of the best players in, in his time, and uh, I think we are looking at a Hall of Famer. I, I'm, I don't know. We'll see if it's going to be first ballot or not. I think he's still got a little bit left in the tank, and that's the amazing thing that we're seeing here. Uh, this guy's 39 going on 40, and I don't think by any means he's done yet. He's not the same player he used to be. His defense is, is a step below, if, if more than that. Uh, speed's not a real big part of his game anymore. Not the same player, but that's, he's, he's been one of the best players and one of the most consistent players on this Yankee team this year, and I don't know where they'd be without him. Yeah, he's certainly a better player this year than he was for the Yankees a year ago, so in that sense, he think he could keep it going. All right, uh, other aging Yankees, we'll transition with that. Mark Teixeira, torn cartilage in the right knee. Um, he's not going to have surgeries on the DL, obviously, and there's going to be a lot of work here to get him back on the field. Um, how long a process is this going to be without the surgery? Yeah, I think the surgery is probably inevitable for him at some point. Uh, he's going to have it. Uh, but uh, if he does have it, his season is over. So really, in, it's in the Yankees' interest and the Sheriff's interest for, for a lot of reasons to try and tough it out and get back on the field. Um, they're saying it's going to be three weeks at the bare minimum. And, and let's be honest, it's probably going to be more than that. So I think the Yankees, for the foreseeable future, are going to have to plan on going forward without Mark Teixeira. If they do get him back, uh, that would be a bonus. But he wasn't really performing all that well on the field. He certainly wasn't hitting even before the injury. So uh, they've been kind of proceeding without Mark Teixeira for quite a while now. Uh, Obviously, he's going into a contract year. He says it's not about the future. It's about trying to help the Yankees win in 2016. And and that would be great for the Yankees if he can come back and be the Teixeira from last year. But uh, to this point, he hadn't been, so uh, I, I think it doesn't seem like they're really going to be rushing him back to that way. This whole situation and all these injuries at the major league level, they got to be killing Greg Bird, right? I mean, what he did late last year to prove that he was ready, but then it seemed like he would be back in the minors this year. He gets hurt, he's out for the year, but now you realize that he wouldn't have been in the minors this year. It's a lot yeah, of y- Yeah, terrible timing for Bird, and I think it's been tough for a lot of guys. I mean, Poor Nick Swisher's down there at AAA, and he just had to pick the wrong time to have a bad May, and uh, now he's got to look up and see that Rob Refsnyder and Chris Parmley are the first basemen in New York. And, and you look at the numbers, and sentimentality aside, you look at the numbers and you say, oh, well, Parmley was obviously the, the correct choice over Swisher. But 
uh, yeah, no, for, for a guy like Greg Bird, who's down there rehabbing in Tampa, he's got to be watching the games on TV and just saying, ah, you know, this, these could be my at-bats right now. So terrible timing for, for a lot of guys. But I, I think from Sherry, this is terrible timing as well. I mean, he was probably going to be going into the offseason and look at, at a, a healthy two- or three-year contract with somebody. I don't know if it was going to be the Yankees or not, but uh, that, that all that is now in question. And so – I think there's a lot up in the air for a lot of different guys based upon these injuries. You mentioned Rob Refsnyder, and how about this guy just kind of adding things to his uh, arsenal? Um, obviously, he was a second baseman by trade uh, during the spring. I know he was working out at third base to try to add that, and then really without working on it much, gets thrown in it at first base and seems to do the job. I mean, he seems to just be adding value to his place within the organization and and he's he's probably never going to be a guy that has a set home with the Yankees but he seems to be really adding things that will allow him to stick with this major league club yeah this is the situation he's in I mean obviously uh the more things he can put in his tool belt there's a reason that the Yankees thought about him at second base and they tried to add third base this spring and it went okay he continued doing that he went back to the outfield and he's played a little bit there at the big league level but the more things he can do to be a versatile option for Joe Girardi, and obviously the bat has played at the big league level. I, I know he, he's, he's, I think he's in a one for 17 since he took over at first base, but um, we've seen glimpses of it. There's extra base power there. Uh, he, he's a potent bat. I don't know if he's ever going to be a big league regular uh, with the Yankees, but the more he can pick up at bats at, at different positions, uh, the more value he has for this team, and, and they need him right now. Um, you look at that first base depth chart, and you've got Ref Snyder and Austin Romine and Chris Farmley, but that's there for the taking. So if he hits enough and he can play the position decently and catch the ball when it's thrown to him, when it's hit to him, uh, he'll continue to get at bats and, and get some playing time. I mentioned the draft at the top of the podcast. Let's get into that a little bit. The Yankees are, are a team that, that for a long time uh, seemed to – or. Didn't always have high picks, obviously, with the success, but then signing free agents, they gave up some high picks as well. Um, and the philosophy, it seems like the last couple of years, Brian, at least with their first-round picks, has been to take college arms that are going to move quickly. Um, James Caprillion, Jacob Lindgren. Is, is that something that we could see this team doing again, or does 2016 have a different outlook? I think it's something they're thinking about. Uh, they pick 18, so I was speaking of Damon Oppenheimer the director of amateur scouting for them, and they don't really know exactly. It's hard to project. Uh, I think you look at the first ten picks, and you can probably figure out which player is going to be there. Uh, after that, it starts to get a little murky. So clearly they, they're doing their homework. Um, they've shown they're open to pretty much anything, whether it's a high school, a, a college, position, um, pitcher. I think that if you look at a lot of what Oppenheimer has done, he, he's big on taking – Pitchers from the West Coast, uh, they, they like those guys. They're out there. They get more innings than guys from the East Coast. Uh, that being said, you know, I think you can kind of throw a dart at a board here and, and figure you might hit what the Yankees are going to do because there's 17 guys who are going to come off the board ahead of them. Um, compared to last year's draft class, the Yankees don't see this as, as deep pool, so they're, they're going to be trying to pick out some gems late in it. Um, I, I think that as far as the first round, they're hoping to get – something conservative, something that they can kind of see projectable. And if you're looking at maybe a number two or number three start at the big league level, maybe that's what you're going to try and get. Uh, if it's a position player, you're, you're hoping to get somebody who can 
college fast track to the big leagues, and, and maybe you can say, all right, this guy has a decent shot. But, you know, the, the draft is it's such a crapshoot. It, it's really hard to project. And I, I think that uh, if you gave troop serum to the Yankees right now, they're, they're not even 100% sure on who they're going to take first round. The good news for the Yankees and Yankees fans is that the system right now is in a good position. There was years where there wasn't a lot down there on the farm, but right now the Yankees have a pretty good system. It'll be interesting to see. One strength of this draft is high school pitching, but I have a feeling that's not really the direction the Yankees would necessarily go with a first-round pick. But we will see. It'll be a lot of fun Thursday, Friday, and Saturday coverage of the draft on MLB.com and also MLB Network. All right, this has been MLB.com Extras, Yankees edition. For Brian Hoke, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.